This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to The Score. score. The Score with Michael Clark. Hello and welcome to The Score with me, Michael Clark. We're now into June, but not out of lockdown, despite what the crowds might suggest. And there's still another couple of weeks worth of discussions before we get a steer on where our league is headed. But that won't slow down this show. So let's get right into it. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, it's Friday once again, and that means we have a new special guest to bring you here on The Score. This week, he is a man celebrating a brand new contract with his club. It is Korean's Stephen Lowry. Stephen, good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. Hello, Michael. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to have you on The Score, and let's talk about that new contract first of all. Um, in a time when people are probably wondering whether their favourite players will be staying at their favourite clubs, a bit of good news from your point of view. Uh, yes, Um Obviously delighted that uh, the club's um, in a position they offer me a contract, given uh, everything that's happened at the moment, um, because it's very uncertain for a lot of people. Um, but uh, I think Korean are in a good position, and um, they've got a, a really good team there at the moment. Uh, from a personal point of view, um, I'm delighted to be staying. Um, I love close to the club, and I you know, really enjoy playing for the club, and you know, we're in a, in a good place at the moment. So. Um, no, it's it's uh, it's good news all round. Hopefully, for, from uh, from the club point of view and my point of view. I couldn't believe it. Looking into it, I think you'd scored three goals in your last five games before lockdown came in. What got into you? Make a lot of penalties, I think. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's nice stats. Um, but maybe lockdown came at a bad time for me because um, it was we were I was we were playing okay and uh, we were on a really good run. Um, but uh, the, it's nice to score a few goals, but it's not something that uh, you know I, I look at the, the start of the season and, and say I need to score so many goals. If I get a few along the way, then great. You haven't negotiated a goal bonus then off the back of that, no? No, I think I'll, I don't talk about goal bonuses <laughs> in my contracts. <laughs> I was actually talked about once before, to be honest with you, and I just said no, I'm happy enough. <laughs> I don't even want. I don't even want a goal bonus to be honest. Well, I think uh, the way you play, would be better with an assist bonus, wouldn't you? Tag, well, an assist bonus or tagline bonus or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I um, believe it goes to the you know the guys that uh, uh, do that kind of thing for a living. I, if they boys in our team like they, they talk about their goal bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> I can well imagine. Um, you know, you've quickly become a, a fan favourite at Corian. I know it's not your first uh, spell at the club, but. Um, You've definitely enjoyed pulling that jersey back on. That's been clear to see for everybody. I mean, I've enjoyed it. Um, it was a of, the first year was a bit up and down, to be honest. We, we started well and then you know, fell away and had a bit of a you know, bang average season, really. So the second year, was this year now, so we're, we're having a really good season. Um, you know, we won on the trophy, which is hard to come by. And, you know, we put ourselves in a good position in the league and challenging them until. Uh, we're you no know, really strong team, so I, I mean, I've I've loved it, loved this season. Um, we've had a few few downs as well along the way. We've been a couple of times by, by we would be benched at the Warren Point, which the games that you know we would have been expected to win, and if we had a one, we would we would sit on top of the league right now. So I, I mean, it's been great, and you know, I really enjoyed it. But um, it's just a shame, really, that's been cut short. But you, you can understand, you know, footballs. Probably in the lower end of pecking order than the way things are at the moment um, in terms of the health and well-being of everyone. Now, your manager is someone you know very well. The Oran Kearney factor definitely playing a big part in this incredible campaign that you've had up until this stage. Um, what is it about him? How does he turn Corian from a team who 
never had ambitions really in my lifetime of winning league titles to seemingly always going for them. Um, I think uh, it's a long, a long process as well. I mean, Owen done a lot of years. Uh, uh, whenever Corey and you know weren't challenging for titles, and you know he, he probably built up a lot of experience during that time. Um, but even then, he, he always had a great way about him. He's a very honest person and uh, very good at managing the players and people. And he developed, he's developed a lot, a lot of players throughout my, like even since I've met him, he's always developed a lot of players. It seemed to have taken players that have maybe struggled at our clubs and even players that are just coming onto the scene. I think of my advice for any player like that would be if you get a chance to work with Orn, you know, you should take it because he always does seem to get the best out in his players. Um, but even going back to, you know, the fact he's turned Lexi Corey into a, a title challenge and him, you know, is you know, a testament to his skills as a manager. I think, um, as I said, he, he gets the best out of players and he always seems to sign quite well. Um, and, the, you know, he's, he's, he's got that Corey in a position now where he maybe has a bigger budget to work with and that's enabled him to get that, you know, extra caliber of flair that can, you know, help you win league titles and, and trophies and stuff. So, I think he's he's bought himself into that position to enable Corey in to do that and be a big player in there, Steve. Um, but in, in general, Corey's a, a really a great guy and, you know, he's got a great way about him um, and success seems to kind of follow him uh, wherever he goes. And for you personally, he, what has he added to your game? I'd say, Michael, I, I don't know, it's just... Um, I just kind of get on with things when Orton's a manager. I don't really... He doesn't need to say too much to me. Um, we have a really good relationship. He would always talk to every player before we go out on a Saturday. Um, um, training's always very efficient. Um, when we, we train, we we get down to business. We, we get things done. There's no hanging about. And the sessions are really always of a really good quality. Um, then on a Saturday, you know, Orton's usually generally relaxed. We get a quick 30, minute, 30 second or a minute conversation before the before the game and and generally in the game we you know you just get on with your job under one I just think there's a real trust there we we have the way the way he that he has with his players you know and I definitely feel that I mean in terms of uh, when I go out I you just kind of get on with your job and you know that maybe if you do do something wrong you know it's not the end of the world you'll 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 have to bounce back for him and then no one you know, he trusts his players to kind of do that and look after themselves and know they have a job to do. So, um, no, I think um, that he he's done really well for himself as a manager um, and I'm sure there's there's better things to come for him as well. It's definitely an exciting time for Korean fans and it's it's agony for any football fan, obviously, being without football, as you've already you know said very well. It is lower down the pecking order with everything going on, but I mean the way this campaign was shaping up, we were going to have some run in, weren't we? We were, my God, it's been it's been great. It's been really exciting. Um, but we've been talking about it for months. Um, you know, with the uh, the Glens doing really well this season and having an increased budget in, in January, they were putting on a show of strength, so to speak. Even though they have probably went a wee bit backwards in terms of the results since then, because they're really on a crest day away of them. And then they've got Cliftonville and Crusaders, who are very strong teams, and Alarn, who are a super team. Um, so there's, it's been talked about that uh, just anyone can kind of want it. And I think you, know, you have to give real credit to the likes of you know, Limfield, who've still stayed on top and been consistent. And then Corian, you know, we, we've been written off quite a lot, I think, this season, we, after having a first season last year. But, you know, we, we've kind of really rallied and, and managed to get ourselves on the second and it's been a lot of real hard work because we don't have a big squad and I know we signed a few players in January but there was a lot of games where we literally were down to the bare bones and remember the game we played against Clifton Bone Sky we beat them 1-0 but that game we really had like we only had 11 or 12 players so uh, we really you know, dug in and, and put ourselves in a good position and and uh, no, the, the club in general is in a really good position. The fans have been great. We've a good support built up, and you know the club's got a bit of work done and stuff. And you know off the pitch things are looking looking well. Um, I know they want to try and do up the the pitch and stuff a bit. So 
I mean, things are going really well, and, and the league in general is in a, a good place. So hopefully, you know, if we get things back up and running, that can that can go to strength, strength to strength again. As a player, what is that challenge like? You know, because you, you've obviously been, you know, use Linfield as an example where there's a big squad there, and you know, okay, well, you're playing for your place in the starting eleven, but equally, there's players there that can come in and do the job. Whereas if you're in a thinner squad. You can't really afford to let your form dip at all because there's no one else there. You know, it could work both ways. Some people might get complacent in that, but equally, you have more of a responsibility. You can't hide in a small squad. No, you definitely can't. Um, you're right that that field, you know, you do feel that um, you're always kind of replaceable, no matter who you are. And I've experienced that. Every player at Lumpy, I've experienced that. Um, I think I love it too. Is I know you can say that you need to keep performances up and stuff, but every player does go through depths and form, and that's a luxury that Lumpfield do have. That when you have them depths and form, there's another player probably just as good as you coming in to replace you. Um, but at Corian, they're definitely as a smaller squad. Now, albeit, I think like we, when we we work at well, I know one likes to work at as as a smaller squad, but having that real, you know, sixteen players or seventeen players that they can really rely on. Now, the thing about that is that you all get your injuries and suspensions along the way, and then that's when the you know you really earn your corn as a player to, to kind of be consistent. Um, and then I think some of the younger guys that's come in for us have done really well. In a while, Alex, like Alex Gons way out on Lonely Carrick, but he he played a big part this season and you know and scored a few vital goals for us and in, in the cups and stuff like that, and even you know in the league. Um, so I think that's what I would say Orn is very good at. Um, you know bringing the younger guys on, giving them that bit of belief and then getting the best out of the, the kind of players that he has. But you know, you're right, there is a more reliance on um being consistent and uh when you have, when you have a smaller squad it's it's so important. And I think like even it's been great for us this season because like I said, Jamie Lacken and and Ben have really come on. They've done done really well, chipped them a lot of vital goals and then we have the kind of proven players up front that like like Skinner and James who've really really done well and then our, our back four's been solid and uh, and on a really good goalkeeper. You have quality throughout the squad, there's there's no doubt about that. Um Owen Bradley, just you know, outside of this, you've seen um what a popular guy he is this week. Massive help in, in getting his old club and their fundraising efforts, helping them raise ten thousand uh, pounds to pay a, a FIFA fine. You know, uh, he's an interesting character, Owen Bradley, isn't he? Because I think fans of rival clubs have one opinion of him, and they love to give him a bit of stick. He loves to give it back. But uh, talk to anyone that knows him, and uh, he clearly has a lot of friends. He does. He's one of them. He's, he's got friends everywhere um, <laughs> through the Gaelic circles and uh, soccer circles. But the, I think he always says that the, if he'd have started the football earlier, he'd have been playing for Northern Ireland by now. <laughs> well, that's a, that's the kind of confidence of the guy, but no, Skinner's a great great lad, and you know we we get on really well, and he's the kind of person that you want to have on your team. Like, um, he's just a handful for for any defender, and like I think follow my, my brother, but I say it like he, he just he doesn't know he's just so good when he's on his game. You know, he just literally cannot uh, cannot mark him, um, but he's the kind of boy that can train in some weeks. Some weeks he'll be absolutely brutal. Then some weeks anything he hit goes in the top corner. But I think the best thing about Skinner is that you know if there's a big game coming up, um, he's a man for the, the big occasion. And you know another thing is that it just shows you you know how well he's liked and you know the kind of impact he's had there this week with the with the career and the the fundraising efforts he's done to kind of help them because uh, the club looked like they were really struggling. That's his uh, old club, I think, as soon as his dad might have been chairman at the stage. So no, it's great that they've, they've raised the money and no fair play to him for doing that. Because as much as people like to give him a wee bit of stick for uh, going down easy sometimes, um, which is an accusation there, which I'm sure he would uh, rebuke if he was on the programme. He would say, no way, but uh, sometimes that's what he gets accused of. But I remember the, the really bad injury he suffered when he, you know, he cracked the rib of the goalpost and it, was, it was, ended up being horrific. But at the time, and I think this is a testament to how tough he is, when he went crashing into that post, I was more concerned for it. <laughs> like, oh, that's the way he is. He's, he literally is made of, made of steel and he doesn't do any gym work or anything like that. Well, listen, obviously, he doesn't do any gym work, but he's not. He doesn't need to. He's just, he's, he's so strong and, and you're right. Like, he's the kind of player you want to have on your team. He's, 
he's a handful for anyone. It's just and the thing I really like about him, he's crafty and like I know people will say he dies and all, but and he goes down easy. But you know what? Sometimes you have to do them things. It's football, and you know he's playing the game and he's playing who he's marking and stuff. So no, he's a, he's really a, he's intelligent. He's a really intelligent player. He gets his body in the good positions and um. He still has a good, good bit of pace about him too for for his age. I think he's probably one of the quickest in our team. Um, so no, I'm glad that um, I'm glad he's still a Korean player and uh, he's the kind of person you can look to when the, the chips are down. I mean, you look across that squad and there's some big personalities, isn't there? Do you ever get a word in edgewise with them? <laughs> Not really, Michael. To be honest, I kind of just like they, I just, they just like to get on with things in the background. Uh, uh, but oh, listen, there's always a bit of slag. I mean. Uh, we've we've a good squad of guys up there from Derry. They all travel up in one car, and then we have likes of Dougie and the Belfast boys um, traveling down, and then we've uh, no good squad of Korean and local guys as well. So we do have a good big mixture, and there's a lot of big personalities. But you now to be fair, they all bounce well off each other, and I just <laughs> every to be honest, I do miss it now when I'm thinking about it. Now just uh, the whole thing, you miss you going to the training and and speaking to them, and just the whole social side of it. It, it really is great, you know, for for getting out and, and, and getting the chat and, and laugh. Um, so I'll let me look forward to that again when this is all over. When you think of those training sessions, who's the one most likely to give you a bit of abuse, a bit of a slagging if, uh, if something's gone wrong? Uh, <laughs> and there's a few trippy ones now. Um, <laughs> the Dairy Boys, I always think, uh, like they let themselves know in the studio on me. Not, they always like to tell you he's a good leader on, on the pitch and you know, they definitely tell you if you've done something wrong and, uh, Glax is a bit of a motor in the training pitch as well, to be fair. But I love that, to be honest. I love it when, when people are getting a bit uh, heated in, in matches or training. It just shows, I think it shows them that they care. And it's, that's what it's all about. You know, you, you shake hands after again. You, you can laugh about it after. So uh, we've, we've talked about characters and then we've got, we've got Doogie. You know, I think he's, he's within the... He's, he's on a lifetime contract, I think, of Korea. You know, just keep him there for... For uh, the banter, and then he's also uh, still got great, still got the good ability to come on when we need him as well. There's not too many people that could play into their forties, and that isn't the dig at him. You'd probably take it that way anyway, but there genuinely isn't. <laughs> there genuinely isn't. Michael. I don't know how he does it to be honest. I think um, his wife keeps him on his toes. I think um, <laughs> probably not. No, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a. Uh, no, he's he's a great character. I think he, he's looking for this record. Um, they have played in the last is it three decades or something. Oh, uh, right, okay. But he hasn't played this decade yet. Oh, <laughs> so, goodness. Well, uh, all the more reason to get it back. I don't know. So, um, I, but I'm sure he will achieve it at some stage. <laughs> and then we'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's some going. Um, you know, anybody that was a casual fan of the Irish League, I think was alerted to uh, just how competitive you can be with that tackle on your brother uh, going back a while ago. I mean, it was I almost felt like the earth was going to shatter. It was a proper crunching tackle between two brothers, and I would expect nothing less from you and Philip. Um, but have you always had that competitive edge to your game? Oh, my God, definitely have. I mean, I don't like playing against my brother, and I think the fact that um, uh, now I'm a wee bit older, I, I definitely don't like it. I don't like playing against them as much now. I don't know. Maybe I think about things a wee bit more, or something. I don't know what it is. But um, whenever we were younger, I just kind of got on with it. There maybe was a wee bit more novelty to it. But uh, now yeah, I would, I would love to play in the same team as them. To be honest, if we got that opportunity. Um, but we do. We definitely have a competitive age. When you go onto the pitch, you just don't. You know, you don't take any prisoners really, and there's tackles there that it's the same, works the same both ways, and it doesn't matter if you're your brother or not. You have to just play the same way as you would any other player. Um, but we have a really good relationship. It's great that uh, you know, we've both played in the Irish League. We both had you know reasonably good careers, um, and we can we can talk about it. And, and he's great. They always bounce things off if you, if you need to talk or or whatever you know about about football or anything else. So. We've really good relationship and that tackle. I don't think I'll ever let that down. To be honest, uh, I don't know. I'm going to put it down to more of a slip rather than anything. I wasn't that full blooded. I think I put him out for maybe a few months as well, which which wasn't nice. But um, no, well, it's not me. It's not me. It's a good thing. 
it's like some of those viral videos that go around, you know, of people that put their, the pictures of their videos up with their kids playing in the back garden and one wallops the other nearly over the fence. Um, that's how it was in my house anyway. <laughs> that's exactly right. No, we, that's, that's exactly right. We were growing up. We were constantly at each other and, you know, really competitive. Um, my mum and dad will tell you the same thing. We were, we were always out playing football and stuff. And then I, being the bigger brother, I'd probably, you know, bullying him a bit, maybe my dad might have thought. But I think I had soon changed when Philip was, Philip started his career really well in Irish League. I mean, he was 18, I think, whenever he started playing for, for Institute and I was really still struggling. I was playing like, down the league a wee bit. Um, so he, he really took off and then made it, moved to Dunfield, uh, you know, when he was quite young. Um, so he's very disciplined and I think Philip, he knows what he wants and stuff. And he, um, he's had a really good career in Irish League. But I think as well that, you know, probably is part of the brotherly relationship, isn't it? Because, you know, he has your example to look at there as well. And, you know, any difficulties you were having, I'm sure you were giving him bits of advice and that allowed him to double down a bit, you know? That's it. It's great to be able to bounce these things off each other and speak to each other regularly about, you know, if you're having a wee bit of problems or, you know, if even all the good things, if, you know, if clubs are coming in for you or you, you know, don't know what to do next or, over the years, there's been plenty of that, and you know it's always good to have that you know a chat with someone who's, who's been there and, and done it, and you know, we both kind of had them suggestions, so that's been great. Would you say you're a bit like a fine wine? You know, those early days you weren't maybe getting playing as much, and, and look at you now blossoming. Um, no, my God, I don't know about that. I think <laughs> just uh, <laughs> football's just funny the way it works out. I think you know um, you need that wee bit of luck, and you need a wee bit of you need a good manager and, and be involved in good teams and stuff and like, like you have to work hard and be, be very disciplined over the years and then you know sometimes I think when you have that wee bit of consistency um, it goes a long way I think and that's something I always tried to add in the game when I was younger I didn't know what kind of position I wanted to play and I was out the right wing and I was in the middle and I was lightweight and you sometimes you probably put it down to yourself really about why you probably weren't playing enough and then Sometimes you just get that wee bit of uh, confidence, and and when you get around the team, it, it kind of it just spurred me on. I never really look back. Cause now, I think the last, I would say the last seven or eight years, I don't, I'm kind of one of them players that kind of you know I play every week, and you're always kind of you know you, you want to be making 35, 40 appearances every season. And that's something that I, you know I've done. It's it's been great to do that when you you know when you're injury free, you want to try and make as many appearances as possible, and and contribute to the team. And that's something, obviously, now you have that confidence and you have that awareness, okay, I am capable of doing this and I can do it. When you're a young player, you're probably playing where you're told to play and maybe not always thinking so much about, well, I need to earn this one position, I need to make this my own and, and grab a hold of it. That's it. I mean, you're, you're right, spot on. I think now you just kind of have that experience, you know, you know how to manage games a bit better, and you you can obviously your mentality and stuff. So that's that's important to um, <laughs> how to deal with setbacks. I think when you're a wee bit more experienced, you can deal with them kind of things a lot better. And when you're a younger player, you know sometimes your confidence can get knocked. And if you are playing with more experienced players, you know you're always maybe worried about them taking your place and stuff. So that's something that you know I definitely take on board now. I think a Korean, we have a good balance there of players that you know can play centre midfield and there's um some of them are playing wide at the moment they probably will play central in the next few years but they're really contributing to a lot of goals and assists and stuff we have a really good balance in our team at the minute but I just think I'm looking back you know you have I played in change rooms like you know I remember early on at Palomino I was playing with like Gareth Skates and Sturdy King and Mark Pickin and you know they were all really experienced players and I was only 18 or 19 and you just, they just kind of played every week and you just kind of, I definitely didn't have the confidence to play in that team back then. I'm just kind of thinking back on it now. And it does take a wee bit of time, you know, to build up your confidence and you build up, you know, kind of a bit of belief and stuff. And then, you know, when you do get there, you have to kind of stay there. And that's, that's another side as well, because there's always good players coming along, you know, to try and kind of take your place. And there's always, Good players coming along in our teams, they, they play against you and kind of test you, which is something you know, I love. Do you think young players now have a greater confidence than when you were coming through, or is it much the same? 
I think no, you you definitely do get nowadays. There's a lot more. I don't know. There's a lot more things on social media and stuff now about like I don't know if it's a confidence, but they do like they you know put out there. There's a lot of photos going up every every week of their of players put up and stuff, and maybe there is a bit more confidence in terms of their image and they they like they've seen the play and stuff like that. There, I think um, there's a lot of good young players coming through in the Irish league. Um, there's probably. To be honest, it's a better standard now, I think, than, than what it was. It's getting a lot more professional. Seems teams, teams are maybe training, you know, three to four times a week rather than I meant to start. Like, I never even thought about doing extra sessions really when I was only, you know, eighteen or nineteen. It just wasn't really in the makeup of how they were being worked. I don't know. Maybe people were doing it, but I never heard a lot about it compared to now. There is a lot more. Uh, you know, extra training, extra sessions, and teams are going to that full time setup. So I think, in general, I think you know, young players don't lack confidence now in any way. I think there's no. Um, but at the same time, I I love playing against them and testing myself. Um, but you know, they are they are sharp and um, it's getting tougher really. Well, you know, you've said it, there's so many great young players in this league and some of them, as we know, have made it across the water in the last couple of years, like say, Gavin White's, Mark Sykes, Paul Smith's. Um, what do you put that down to? Is it just better coaching and, and more time playing matches? Well, I think okay. if you look at it, likes of Paul Smith, I think it's an opportunity that they're, they're going to be given the opportunity. I think the managers are Seeing that the you know the rewards they can get if they give the young people the young players the opportunity. Now there's a lot of times obviously when young players come through and they, I'm not saying maybe they don't cut it to the level that the, the manager wants and they maybe go out and loan. But when you get it like a, a gem like the likes of you know Gavin White and Paul Smith and all the managers when they've put them in they've kind of kept playing them. And I think you learn really fast when you're a young player because you tend to be you know. Especially in the Irish League, because you're, when you are playing against men, there is a real know-how or something in the Irish League, and it's just proper football. And the end, there's, I know tactically and all it is, you know, tactics not are very important, but in the Irish League, it is quite, you know, blood and thunder. There is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of heavy tackles, and there's, there's no real inch given, really. And I think that for young players is a really good opportunity to learn. And you know, playing man's football, and you can learn very fast. And so there is, there is better coaching. There's more better techniques and stuff now that you know clubs are implementing, and they are going and they full time setups. So I think it's a it's a combination of both. But at the same time, I think the players coming through, it's just natural ability as well. Like a like a Paul Smith and Gavin White are are two players that just spring to my mind straight away of being. You know, so so good. I found that I played with Paul, and I thought he was super, really super player. And then even playing against Gavin White, the guy, I personally remember games that I couldn't get near him. And you know, he's done done really well. And made a made a good living for himself. And he'll, I'm sure, there'll be other players that fall in his footsteps. What's it like? You know, when you were obviously in the same squad as Paul Smith, does it? take you by surprise when you see someone so young and, and so small just torturing older, more experienced, certainly more uh, stronger players? I mean, just, I think I could really, when I was there, he just came onto the scene and then I could really see his development. You just knew that there was something special about him. It was, um, it was so, so fast and he could play, he was playing on front and right wing, but he was just, as you say, he literally was torturing players in the best piece. Um, but so it's that's not for me. It was it was great, and you always you just embrace them pains whenever you, know, you get players that got coming along. Um, but you probably know that they're not going to be be there for too much longer. Um, so no, fantastic, and um, I know he, Smithy. I'm sure he'll have a, a great career ahead of him. He'll, he probably has a lot more like learning and falling out to do, but sure over in England, he's got a great opportunity to do. It. And the great thing with someone with such pace is you can overhead a pass and still look like you meant it. Hi, <laughs> that's the thing, Michael. Definitely, <laughs> I don't know. You have to. I have to that's another thing to think about when you're you're playing the pass, the end kind of players. Um, so I um, players like him are a kind of dream for midfielders. 
that season at Linfield, um, where you won three trophies, obviously the, the, the Premiership, the Irish Cup, the County Antrim Shield in 2017. Um, I think you would do well to ever top that, wouldn't you? Uh, I think so, Michael. Um, we had season, like the season, two seasons before, we, we finished second two years in a row. And we were just kind of a wee bit short. Um, without, well, we were too short, but we we just couldn't get over the line or anything. You know, they won the league, and then that season was probably looking like the same again, to be honest. And then we were sitting second for a long time, and then we won the country championship shield, and then went on just a really incredible run. Then the rest of the season, we won some like eighteen matches in a row, and that was enough to win kind of all the trophies in that season. But ah, it was great the season they got though. Fantastic! You'll remember them kind of forever. Um, really good group of players and great changing room and stuff. And no, it's it's memories for me that I'll treasure. I mean, there's two moments in that season for me which really made me think Linfield are going to win the league, and not many people were thinking. Uh, even probably you and some of your teammates, because obviously Crusaders were way out in front, and you'd been runners up the last two years, as you said. Your screamer laid on a couple of minutes to go at Fernie Park to, to turn around. You were 1-0 down against Ballina Mallard and uh, get the equaliser. You score the winning goal uh, at the death. That goal and there was a Roy Carroll save one-on-one with Paul Heatley. Um, both of those moments made me think, hey, maybe this is happening. Uh, even that game against Ballina Mallard, I think it was, it was a big moment in the season, but it was still a bit early. And I think Crusaders dropped points that day yep. as well. So we were, it definitely gave us that wee bit of belief. I'd say definitely. If I hadn't scored that goal that day, I think we would have been out of it, to be honest. And then <clears throat> Roy Carl that season was unbelievable. He was so good. that I remember that save as well. Um, he, he, was, he was just a leader that year, to be honest. He's just, uh, it was my first year playing with him and I, you know, I think I really think highly of Roy. To be honest, he doesn't. He'll just tell you what he thinks, and that's just the way it is. And in changing rooms, there was a few, you know, harsh words said at times, but you know, it was all worth it. You know what I mean? And um, ah, there was plenty of big moments, and that kind of gave us a bit of belief to to go on. And then it, just once we had that, once we got into opposition, we were never going to throw it away, really. I mean, as the ball comes out to you, what was it, about 25 yards uh, you know, at Fernie Park? And it was a really frustrating game. It wasn't a, a wonderful game of football by any means. But, you know, was it just a time's running out, we need to try something, I'm going to hit it? Was, was that the thought? Or, or what was in your mind as you, you smashed that one into the top corner? See, see, to be honest, I had a chance about 10 minutes earlier. There was no part of any chances in that game. And I had a decent enough chance. It was like inside the box. And I went the... I think I went to like blast it or something. And then I mean Healy saying to me, you should have tried to side foot it. And this is like over near the dugout when I was over getting a drink or something before, because it was a really hot day that day. It was uh, a scorcher. And then that when the ball came out to bad time, I, I just said to myself, I'm, I'm putting my foot through this. I don't really care where it goes. And I just, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> I went in the top corner. <laughs> um, so I, of uh, course, that's great. Them, like them kind of memories are, are fantastic and, I'm so glad it was uh, no helpless go on the way they, they won the league. I mean, those moments are, 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 they must be so incredibly special because obviously, you know, you've played a big part in helping your team eventually go on to win the league title. But even just the aftermath of that goal, getting into the changing room, the mood must have shifted. Ah, it did make all those my memories. It was, it was, I think at Lumfield, though, you, well, not saying just at Lumfield, but that, we were a very grounded group. We never celebrated too much. Only one things, and we never, you know, we did, we could feel it. And David um, was, he's really good at um, always kind of wanting us to do more. So, uh, although we won that day and that we had a great, you know, feeling of changing them and all, but there was always that kind of expectation of we should have been, we should have been winning the match anyway and stuff. And that's just the way Lumfield always was. I mean, there's no, I always like that, to be honest, the kind of professionalism and the fact that they always want to go to another level and just you know, keep winning and stuff. <laughs> so that's just, just the way it was. And you had a great partnership with Jamie Mulgrew. It's actually his birthday today, so happy birthday to him. I don't know, is he 40 yet? Happy birthday, Jamie. Um, I, well, I, I don't know, he's still playing. Like he's a lot younger anyway. He's, he must be the same age as me. He's 34. Um, thir- 34 now, he's older <laughs> Before than me. I get in trouble. <laughs> 
I love playing with him, to be honest, we had a really good relationship, even off the pitch. So, um, like some of your family boys, they got it, makes your job a bit easier. And he's a really str- strong player, and you no know, running with the ball, and he's a really good leader, um, and stuff. So, he's really just a legend in, 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 at Lumfield, and you know, in the Irish League, and has a brilliant career. Well, that's a very nice compliment to pay of a, you know, a contemporary as well, and uh, he's obviously still going. Um, David Healy, you know, you you've already given him a bit of praise there. It's funny, isn't it? Because he's he's been successful. He's had a very successful start to his his young managerial career, and yet there are still those that kind of go, ah, but it's Linfield. Of course, he's going to do well. He doesn't really get the praise. No, it's tough. To, it's tough. He's got a tough job because Linfield are, you know, there's a you have a big squad and first and foremost you've got to manage a lot of players and different personalities and then. Um, you know, they pick a eleven players to play then after that and then after that you have to deal with the fans and there's an expectation there of having to win things and uh, I think you know, David has got a good uh way of doing that. He he you know, he has a good drive in terms of he'll never get too caught up in wins and he always wants to kinda of go that you know, just be be the best and be very um, just keep on going no matter how many matches they won. I always got that off him whenever he was there. You, you could always kind of do better than, than what you're doing. And no, he's, he's done a really good job there. I think he's, the, the team they have at the moment, it's, it's very good. They've, Joel Cooper's done really well for them. And, you know, they've got a lot of experience there with, with Andy and, and Jimmy and uh, Jamie on the spine of their team. So no, I think he's, it's definitely not, as you say, Maybe he doesn't get all the kind of praise that he deserves, but it's a, it's a tough job, and and there's plenty of people who went before him and, and, and struggled. It definitely has been. I mean, with David, I always got the feeling that on a match day there was a switch on there. You know, there there was an edge to him as a player and as a manager. You you knew he was going into battle. He was, you know, there's like a an extra level of focus there. Do you feel that as a player? With you know, certain managers change or, or sort of almost. Amp up on a match day. <laughs> Maybe at half time, you one not doing it. Definitely, flicks <laughs> the switch on. I think. No, he um, he definitely does. I get that. Even with orange, orange very good too. At um, at you know, terms of a match day, um, getting you motivated. And you know, David as well was good, very good at getting you motivated for a match. And the preparation was very thorough. Um, so I think that, that is so important to be honest. Um. You no, know, you need to be able to, you know, flick that switch as, as you say, and getting really fired up for for a match on a Saturday. Um, but I, I mean, going back to you, as you say, David, the you, you kind of see a different animal on a match day. Ah, you're probably right, and um, you, you definitely, I definitely been in change rooms when you know, things aren't going well. There's been. You know, he's definitely got us fired up, and we were only one, one the second half and stuff. And and the same way, Orange very good at that. Even when we're getting beaten, at times he'll always just address things and and had all the kind of points that he needs to be had. And then we go out in the second half and maybe steamroll our teams. You know, what is, what is it like as a player when you know maybe things aren't going well in dressing rooms? Is it like a quickly count how many tiles are on the floor moment, or or what do you do? They're all, I, to be honest, my guy normally would would be quiet and uh, just kind of assess things, and I, I wouldn't you know, be a shouter too much in terms of. But so, listen, sometimes it, it has happened, but I think um, sometimes it can be different. You can go in sometimes, and, and some players maybe are having a barney. You might go in sometimes, and no one's speaking, <laughs> and then the manager has to come in and address it. So there's been so many different situations. And I think. Um, as I said, one thing, even now, I just speak to my Korean, um, Orange very good at, you know, I think it, it, it always sticks out to me, maybe games against Larne there recently, the game against Larne in the Cup, where the first half we really struggled against them. And I think all the players were kind of like, came in and didn't know what they'd expect, but I think Orange just had all the points in that they, they had them without in the second half, and we, when we went on to win the game, but it was like Larne's a, 
a really tough team to play against and tactically we were struggling in the, in the first half against them. That was a game that was live on TV, anyway. Um, but Orange, Orange brilliant at that, to be honest. Um, and it kind of, you know, a good way to get this message across and getting a bit of belief instilled into the players. And obviously going on to win the game shows that uh, the message was well executed on the pitch. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't always work out like that, obviously, but um, I think the fact that you know, Orange really good at feeling how the players are thinking, and whenever the players hear that and they know the problems that are happening are being addressed, then maybe that gives them a bit of belief, you know, they, they go out and not, maybe not worry about it and, and see the second half as a kind of totally different different game and and that's kind of you know that's the way the way it worked out and the way it usually does work out whenever one addresses these kind of things the thing that you know i think we always end up talking about in this program is just how i find it you know really impressive the dedication that players in the irish league have because they have a, a real job a real life outside of being a footballer too and all those pressures obviously at times will will weigh on your playing career plus the pressures of your playing career as well how have you found that balance over time uh, you're right michael it's so important to think guys league players it, they do uh, deserve a lot of credit i know it's listen that's a job and they get paid to play and that's a privilege um but at the same time like we do put in a lot of hours in the week in terms of they train, they travel, they train on a Saturday, you're away all day, you are away from your family and you know, but at the same time we love we love playing football and it's a great privilege to be in that position. But you're right, there's a lot of sacrifice and dedication. You have to you know, if you want to do well consistently, you have to you know, live a decent lifestyle and you have to look after yourself and you have to um, make sure like it's the times like Christmas and stuff here like this Christmas I think we played four matches in, in 10 days and at the time whenever you should be kind of uh, spending that with your family and maybe enjoying the, the finer things in life but you have to make them sacrifices and then as well as that too a lot of league players work as well and they all have a you know a work life balance and then manage, manage that and, and they will juggle, juggle family life as well so I think um, you know the Irish League players deserve a lot of credit, but they all they all love it and they all love the the fact that they can you know be involved in and in, in, in the great league and the and and in their respective clubs, which you know was a big part of their life too. Aaron Jarvis probably helped make everyone's Christmas better. He's getting a couple of decent goals in, wasn't he? A few good karaoke songs as well. Oh really? Ah, <laughs> uh, a good singer. I got it. Oh, what's so? Is it? Are we talking like chanting here, or are we talking like Boyzone? No, I was doing a few wee songs after we won the League Cup final. <laughs> it's a voice of an angel. <laughs> oh, well, here, tell you what, there, there's a slot in a future programme there. That'll be a lovely way to end one of the episodes of Iron <laughs> wants to sing us out. Uh, we'll be sure we, I'll get, we'll get him on. Um, he's, uh, he's got a, no, he's got a, a wee uh, goal, in the, goal in the locker for definite. Um, I think he, well, I don't know if he got, did he get goal of the season so far? But if he doesn't get it, he deserves it. Anyway, Oof, I don't know if he has. Um, not the official football writers one anyway, but there's definitely been online polls and he's been doing well. Uh, he's, always, he's done really well. He's a, he's a great player and he's, he's, he's only signed for us this season. So, you know, he's fitted in really well there, our team. And um, he's got a lot of ability, I think. He's only 24. He's, got a really, he's really mature for his age. And he's um, he's going to be a, you know, a really good player now. It's like... To be honest with you, um, and you know, we're, I, I'm glad he's 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 signed for Corian. He's uh, he's fit and, and strong, and uh, I'm sure he'll he'll go on to do good things. You know, when I'm talking about sort of balance and pressures and stuff, obviously, um, in your career, there's times when there's speculation about your future, and does that ever affect you as a player when you maybe know your time at a club's coming to an end, or you know that another club are interested in signing you? How hard is it to keep going out and performing for one team when you know that you might not end up staying there? Um, I personally haven't. But no, it happened to me before, but I personally didn't find it too hard to be honest with you. Um, it can affect you. I think that's how you you let it affect you. Really, I think as a footballer, you have to get your head around the fact that you know you're going to have to finish playing someday. You're going to you know you're going to you're going to move clubs. Um, 
Now, there's times when you know your contract's coming to an end, and it can be you know unsettling, and can be it can cause you some you know worry. Um, but this like even now in this whole COVID nineteen thing, there's a lot of players coming out of the end of their contract, and I'm sure you know there's a lot of players in the Irish league that maybe have that worry at the minute and you know what wonder what's next for them. Um, but I think yeah, it's all about how you, you deal with it um, yourself because I think whatever it might be for you will will, will happen. If the club's going to come in for you, no, they're going to come in, and then in relation to playing for one club, well, it's maybe signing for another next year. I as I said, you, I personally didn't think it affected me in any way. You just kind of do the job that you you need to do for your club. I think maybe all our factors, like fans' opinions, fans, if you have a bad game, fans might think you're you're doing that for because you want to leave or whatever. But usually it's just because you've you've had a bad game, and there hasn't been they can't, you know they're reading maybe too much on this. So I, I mean, that's I think it's just part and parcel of football, Michael. To be honest, in my opinion, and that's just um, something that's never going to change, really. It must be a surreal feeling all the same, you know, if, you know, towards the end of your time at Linfield and you, you know that it's going to be your last season at Linfield. Um, do you look around a bit more or is there no time to be sentimental? I didn't, to be honest. I I would I would say there's no time to be sentimental, but the fact at the same time, like I didn't want to fall at anyone. I wanted to leave in good terms with all the players and staff up there because they you know, had a really good experience and time there. At the same time, you know, things move on I think at the same time, maybe I personally believe there's no time to be sentimental. Just kind of get on with it and go to the next club, and um, and then you don't know what the future holds. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I know what you mean about if you overthink things, maybe <laughs> that uh, you can you can maybe read things and read into things too much about you know I'm leaving and uh, you know and maybe I should enjoy this last few weeks and stuff. But I just try to enjoy. You know, I'm at a club just trying to enjoy every every time I'm there, and uh, and and the fact you're playing in the Irish league and stuff, it's 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 great, and it's a great you know opportunity and a position to be in. I think there's a great lesson there for younger players listening to this. You know, because you obviously uh, you're you're now one of the veterans, uh, whether you'll accept that tag yet <laughs> or not, Stephen. But you know, you're an experienced player, and you can hear the maturity in what you're saying. Because, you know, when you probably think back to the early points in your career, there's probably stages where you're thinking, God, I don't know if this is for me. Because, you know, it seems unthinkable now, but there was a time where it wasn't working out for you. Oh, for definite, I did, ha- I did think we had and I did have them worries and and stuff that, you know, what's what's going to happen next? Um, am I going to continue to play football now? Stay here, you know, where, where am I going to play? The truth is, I probably would have kept playing football because I, I love playing football. Um, maybe if I had played at a lower standard, I wouldn't still be playing now because there are things like work and you know but commitments would have came into play that maybe are more important. You know, depending on what level you're playing at and stuff. So I agree. There's been loads of times where I had have a lot of bad experiences, especially maybe at a younger age when between the age of maybe you know fifteen, I was very small. I fell, I just fell away for a few years. And I lost the love of the game, then came back, played for like a, just a local men's team, and then kind of kicked off again. And then, even then, again, when I was around 20, I left ball, me and I went back to the Mavadi, struggled for a while, and then kind of kicked on again. So, um, I definitely have had, you know, fair shares of downs in football. But I think, as I said the, at the start, you just kind of have to keep going. If you, you know, you just need that. Sometimes you just need to have a bit of luck. You need a manager who, Shows you that we've got a trust and then we've got a belief in yourself as well. So, and then some, you know, when you, when you kind of get that and then have them consistent performances and, and have a wee bit of consistency in your game, uh, then things usually, you know, work out if you, if you are dedicated and then just stick at it. Who was that first manager that kind of made you go, right, okay, there, I, I have a future here. I can, I can do this. Well, I think I, th- I would say Tommy Wright, to be honest, because I went, well, Tommy Wright took me to Valamina and then, I really Paul Key first of all in Mbappe he was very good and you know I I probably he didn't want me to lead on Mbappe and I went to Tommy right then and I remember on my I was saying for Balamina and Austin Freel the same for Mbappe and uh, as a swap deal and he scored two with Lampard on his debut the next night 
and I think Gary really struggled with the sort of ball. I mean, and that was just a sort of sign of things to come. And then uh, I came back to Noah Valley then, and I think that there was a couple of different managers there. You know, Wally Mullen was a manager, and, and Jim McGurley from the Gibbon, he was a manager. And then Oren took that job, and then I really, you know, kicked on a wee bit down under Oren, but all day I was still in the first division then. And then I went to Korean from Limavati after doing quite well. Oren took the Korean job then. And then again, I just, since then, I just kind of was always playing an Irish league, um, you know, since that season. I think that was like 2010 or something. So that's 10 years ago. It's crazy to think, isn't it? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to making not, me feel older crazy. talking here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making myself feel older here as well. <laughs> It, look, it's been a career that, and I know you're by no means done it, but it's a career that's been uh, really good to you. I think in the most part, obviously, you you know, you'll have your lows and stuff, but you look at other highs, playing in Champions League, playing in Europe, being at Celtic Park in front of, what, nearly 60,000 people, that's an experience money couldn't buy. I agree, Michael. I mean, definitely the European games are something as a player, an Irish League player we all like, we love, and like, I know like, I must have played in Europe, I don't know, maybe over a dozen times anyway and uh, I've loved it and the, uh, the Celtic Park thing was just special I mean the rank was 68,000 at the game and uh, we have just different different class to be honest like experiencing experiencing it um, we were 4 not one nil down after four months away to them and uh, they were just so good and they, like, even them, them kind of games we played AIK away in the Friends Arena in Sweden spent five days and Stockholm, um, played against like a player I played in the World Cup. Uh, I marked him and he played for Chile, I think it was Costa Rica, something like that. And the World Cup, the couple of days before, or the couple of months before, um, things like that, you know, are experiences you'll you'll never forget or you know, and never for the rest of your life. And then you've loads of loads, got to travel to loads of different countries as well. And hopefully we can get there again next year with Korean because the European trips are are just a bit special, you know. Oh, definitely. I mean, the whole excitement of going away. There's, I mean, it does it get to be a bit of a lad's holiday, or or do you have to be more professional? Be honest. But my experience is they've all been pretty professional. Um, what a shame. <laughs> the Lam- the Lamfield ones, we always were professional. We always um, because. We were the next, they're, I'm not, I'm not, the Korean ones are professional too. I'm just saying the Olympic ones are professional and the fact that you were always expected to get through the first couple, they wanted, they expected you to get through the first couple of rounds every year. Whereas Korean was maybe a bit unknown because we, no, hadn't played in Europe as much, but Olympic always expected you to get through the first couple of rounds. So that's why it was so much more, I'm not saying so much more professional in terms of the setup running, but you always had that expectation, you know what I mean? Yeah, but there's a, a seriousness to it because it do, almost doesn't matter who you're playing. I was, I, you're thinking more like they're, they're saying they to get us through and the money at stake here is as big, you know what I mean? So like, um, that's kind of, I wouldn't say, well, it's always more professional and there was a setup kind of thing because Korean just good, but you just had a wee bit of more expectation, I think. Yeah. And then, so like we have like, listen, on the, the last, usually then if you got the big trip, like say, <laughs> if we went to Sweden, we play AAK, like realistically, we're very slim chance of everybody won that. We would have went out then after the, the last game and had a few beers. But, but mainly they were very, very professional and it was great. Great to go and experience that because you're training and stuff and you're, you're kind of living like a full time player if we come back to reality. You know? And you're getting to live a dream there and come up against some amazing players as well and obviously have a, a great time. And it's funny, leading up to this, I was I was talking to Oren yesterday and I said, look, is there anything you want me to, to mention, anything I need to know about Stephen? He says, no, he's Mr. Reliable. There's no dirt you'll find on him. So either he's actually your best friend or that's a true statement. You can decide. Oh, that's nice. I want to say that. Uh, no, I don't think it's too much dirt to say. Um, no, I just want to... I, Appreciate what the Orms kind of done for me and as a player. Um, I think I did say them a few out. No, I have spoke about. I said no. I said them. Um, you know, I appreciate that even though he also says down to down to me and how I've kind of played, and that's why I've done well. But obviously, the his advice and assistance and, and getting here and now our managers as well have been been really good. 
you know, and help me have a good good career. So, um, no, I'm appreciative they they all them kind of. How have you been spending your lockdown then? There's the question everybody's been asking. Have you taken on any new hobbies or have you driven yourself crazy? Um, I haven't taken on any new hobbies, Michael, to be honest. I've, um, no, I've, uh, how have I spent it? I've worked from home. I've, um, read a bit. I've spent a lot of time with kids. I've trained. Um, that's really it. I haven't done anything new. Um, I've enjoyed spending a bit more time with my, my kids. I've two young children, one's four, uh, Eve, and one is eight months. So it's been nice to be around home. But I think we're all getting to that stage now where it's uh, we're ready for, for normal life to hopefully come back soon. We miss, uh, miss, miss for football. Miss, you know, miss getting out and going to work and getting that headspace as well. Um, I think you know my, my wife's the same. She's just finished her maternity leave, so... She'll be going, she's going back. This is her first week back at work, actually, this week in terms of working from home as well. So that's lockdown's been, uh, I've been lucky. I've got, cause I've got to spend time with people that, you know, I love spending time with and I don't get to spend enough time with the rest of the year, which, cause life is so busy. So, um, that's basically how I spent lockdown. That sounds like a great lockdown, to be fair. I was going to say, has the good lady been uh, getting her own back? You know, instead of you running out the door to training, maybe there's a bit more nappy duty and things like that? That's exactly it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, our normal routine at night time, for example, would be I would put down our older girl and my wife would do the, the baby. But So I don't know how she's going to cope whenever things go back to normal and have to go to football at night. Because the wee girl now, it's just we've got a very good routine here at the moment, and we get them into bed early, and then we enjoy a few hours ourselves at night. So I, I mean, see, I've given her a hand more in the house, and I've, I've enjoyed that. So, but at the same time, I'd rather play football. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? I know, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, just before we finish up, I think it's important we give a mention to your dad, uh, Ken, because he's. Definitely in, in recent times, it feels like he's been doing a bit more media, obviously a, a former ref, but he's become a bit of a, a celebrity, hasn't he? I mean, it's, that's good because it means being involved pretty okay in the football terms, I think. <laughs> um, but he's getting a bit of spotlight. So I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's done a, does a few quizzes now during lockdown, to be fair. He likes a good quiz. So he, he normally arranges a quiz for a Friday night. And we do that on, uh, on an app, myquiz.org, and there's, He's built up a wee base of like referees, uh, like myself and my family. And there's, I think last week there was like 63 people on it. Wow. <laughs> so he's, and then they're all texting him and stuff. So he's got, uh, he's got this going on a Friday night. Tell um, you what, it would take a referee to manage that. I can barely manage a Zoom call with five people. Uh, no, this is, this is different in Zoom, Michael. This is, uh, it's an app called myquiz.org. Okay. The one I don't want to advertise or anything, but uh, other other apps there. are available, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, you just log in and uh, you can't see anyone else. It's just you have a short period of time to do the question, and and then you can see people's scores and stuff. So that, that is good. It's good crack. And no, I'm not. I'm not. My dad's keeping well. He got um, it's five years now since he got uh, you know his, his surgery and stuff from having, having cancer, and he's doing really well. He, he got it all clear. Brilliant. And as recent scan results showed, the was all clear. He got them back a month ago, so it's it's great. And you now we we love spending time with my and his grandchildren. Now he's got a, my brothers had a wee girl called the sea, and my, my sister had a baby during lockdown. She had a wee boy called Dara. So they, everyone managing okay. Everyone's managing well, and then my dad's got a, you know it's it's great, and they have all the grandkids around them and stuff now. So um, we're able to. We go and visit now in the garden and stuff and all, which is great. Oh well, that is fantastic. It's a lovely end of this story. And you know, once once we finally are, you know, the pubs and stuff are opening again. I wonder will one maybe snap Ken up because those uh, quiz nights are always dead popular. Bring in a few punters, those. Uh, I think it, it might have like the over to Spain or something to do something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> there we go. Pubs. <laughs> Gosh, maybe uh, but I'm going to blag a documentary out of that just so I get a free flight. What do you reckon? Stephen, it's been a, a pleasure catching up with you. Thanks so much for coming onto the show this week. No problem, Michael. Thanks very much for having me. The score with Michael Clark. Oh, brilliant talking to Stephen Laurie. Clearly in top form today and uh, getting out of some duties by the sounds of it. 
You're welcome, uh, <laughs> Stephen. Thank you uh, for your company. As always, it's great to have you listening to us, whether that's live on the radio or catching up via the podcast. We'll be back again next Friday from 1 o'clock. Until then, make sure you tell all your friends about us, The Score and I, on Facebook and Twitter, where you can get the links to listen, whatever way suits you best. But until then, until all that, have a great weekend, whatever you're getting up to, and look after yourself. Bye-bye. <laughs>